Hello, audience. Welcome to Fire the Cannon. In this podcast, we look at every single book that's ever been written Mm -hmm. and we decide, does this belong in the canon? Does this not belong in the canon? Who knows? Who knows? We do. And on this podcast, we have two hosts. Mm -hmm. And on those hosts, we have some clothes. And on those clothes, there are some buttons. And on those buttons are some little strings. And on those strings are some little things. Yeah. Things. (laughs) Jackie. I don't know. You could have said that at any point. Our our host slash MC is... (laughs) What up, y'all? I'm young Jack. I've always wanted to do this. (laughs) This is Jackie. She's white. And she's one of the hosts of the podcast. (laughs) Thanks for Rachel for saying that because they couldn't tell. (laughs) Next in line to be introduced is Rachel, the host number two. Waiting politely right behind Jackie. Who is rapping politely. And then now, <laughs> Very politely. <laughs> now, now for me, Theo Chandler, the producer. Oh, last name. Produce bot, 3-0. <laughs> he's, he's a man of many names. The Tin Man. We don't call him that. It's disrespectful. Two Tin Men? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. A proud race. A strong, proud race. <laughs> <laughs> a perfidious people, as you would say. No, I wouldn't. That's the opposite. <laughs> Why is it that the Tin Men have fallen so far in America's esteem? Mm. Okay, so actually in this podcast, we're talking about a different thing. And that thing is... The Cricket on the Hearth by one Charles Dickens. The second half of it, to be a little bit more precise. So from like halfway through Chirp 2 to the end of Chirp 3. What? There are only three chirps? <laughs> it's only three freaking chirps. It's a lot of information <laughs> conveyed for a chirp, don't you think? Well, honestly, in the first episode, we just told you, like, you meet some people and they get ready to go to their friend's house. How All much right. information yeah. was And then it? in the second half of the story, shit gets crazy. <laughs> like, he it really backloads the this story. Yeah. Do you feel like the stuff that was set up in the first part pays off in the second part? Or does it just seem like he just came up with all this stuff? It pays off and then some. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that pays off is really the word for it. Um, like, blasts off, maybe. This is honestly a style of story that does doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can't think of an example, but um, I described it as uh, an even more coked up Christmas Carol because a Christmas Carol is kind of coked up. And then the one we did last year was, gee, I don't know what kind of drug analog I want to use for that one. But uh, but it was boring. It was boring, but trippy. It was maybe like, I don't know, like a long, weird acid trip. This one is... This one's juicy. This one's juicy? This one is like DMT. It's like you start out, you're like, nah, this isn't really doing anything. And then it's like, oh my God. It's doing too much. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done DMT. I'm taking that from Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, DMT, he knows it's a drug. Through <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Context clues. <laughs> Did I ever tell you guys about the time I asked? Um, All right, let's hear it. I asked my doctor if I could um, have like a referral for CBT, and she said, We don't do that here. <laughs> and I was like, Cognitive behavioral therapy. And she was like, Oh, I thought you wanted the weed thing. And I was CBD. Like, no. CBD. You don't need a referral for that. <laughs> and like, I'm going to message my doctor of the hospital where I also work. And I'm like, Hey, can I get some CBD? <laughs> I don't know how to go to any of the 18 stores that are on the block where I live. You can buy CBD in grocery stores. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Have I told you guys about in New Orleans how there's the CBD is the central business district? (laughs) when, When I went there, I think I was looking up a grocery store. And so I found this place called the CBD shop. And then there were these reviews that were like, this is false advertising. It's just a grocery store. There's no CBD. Do you think people ever get confused the other way around? Like, like, I just want to go to a nice centrally located grocery store. And then they drive all the way out there and all they have is like CBD Well, but they'll be relaxed. False advertising. They get there. They're pissed off. They buy some (laughs) CBD gummies. They they relax. They're like, "Eh, let me put this in perspective. In about two hours from now. Oh, here's a weird coincidence. Uh Um, When I was waiting in line for my flight on Thursday evening Uh to go from Atlanta to Raleigh, um, I was behind this couple and one guy was wearing like a UNC backpack. Uh And then there was also a man with like a cute little puppy. But remember the couple for 10 more seconds. And then this time I got in line to I get I never know which part of Rachel's details to remember. <laughs> I told you. There's so many. I told she you. She told us this time. Why do <laughs> you stress this time? Like normally you handle it well. I don't know. It's just fine. This is the straw that broke the camel's back like <laughs> okay. 110 episodes in. I gave you like two details. <laughs> yeah, she said we were supposed to remember UNC, right? Okay, keep going. 
listen. But Rachel, when you give me details, my brain says, <gasps> make up a joke for that detail. Make up a joke for this one. Now oh, I have to no. talk about Ramsey's getting beheaded. <laughs> okay. Well, just listen. Just listen for 10 more seconds. So then on my flight this afternoon, different times from Raleigh to Atlanta, I got in line for my Frontier flight and the exact same couple was in front of me again. What? Yeah. What about the puppy? Puppy was not. The puppy was like a present for his kid. He had gone to Texas to get the puppy. How did you know it was the same couple? Because they looked the same. Because they looked and sounded. And the boy had his UNC backpack on, and it had the same collection of rainbow highlighters in the outside mesh pocket. And it was a distinctive couple. It was a shorter Asian guy and a taller white girl. Yeah, don't you wish you had taken all of his highlighters while he wasn't looking the first time and then given them back the second time? (gasps) You dropped these. Like, hey, can I borrow those highlighters? (laughs) Theo, I didn't know. I didn't know I was going to see them on the way back. That means you just have to take something from each person you see just in case you see them again. Take that puppy. Good idea. Totally legal. Great excuse that the cops will accept. Yeah. The puppy was cute. Her name was Mocha. Just trying to set up some serendipity. I'm just trying to set up a little Christmas miracle here. It's not going to happen on its own. The return of the highlighters. You guys ever experienced a miracle? Good or bad? I guess it has to be good. I mean, what's what's a bad miracle? Okay, I'm saying like low quality or high quality. Are we talking walking on water? I'm talking like above miracle whip, but not necessarily all the way up to like... I have experienced one, but it wasn't very good. Like, it was a waste. Then it's not a miracle if it's not very good. <laughs> no, it is. A miracle is when you pray to God for something supernatural to happen and it does. No. But I, it was a waste. No, I thought they had to be all these little... I thought there had to be all these requirements like i mean maybe if you're catholic maybe i'm thinking how to become a saint i mean saints do have to perform at least one miracle right uh i think it's two. Oh gosh if you're if you only do one you're beatified but <gasps> you have to do i think two in order to actually what? become a full saint really what a ripoff inflation <laughs> what if you do one really good one <laughs> clearly do what okay well what what was rachel yeah how about you let us decide let the audience and us decide what's your not so great miracle yeah. i already told you okay <laughs> okay one time i prayed i would have a really great roommate named Jackie. Nice. I was in Spanish class in high school and I had to make these flashcards for a test and the teacher had been like you need to make sure you have the right number of flashcards and blah 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 and like I'm not going to give you any more in the test and whatever and like your grade counts on this. So I got my flashcards out and I spread them out on the desk and I didn't have enough flashcards. I was like eight short and I like rubbed them, you know, between my fingers to see if any were stuck together (laughs) and they were not stuck together. I had already spread them out. I didn't have enough. So I put them back in the pile and I prayed, God, please divide these flashcards like you did with the loaves and the fishes. And I said, I'm going to trust in the Lord to give me enough flashcards. I'm not going to spread them out and count them again. And then I made my flashcards and I had the perfect number. And she's been speaking in tongues ever since. (laughs) That's why our podcast isn't that popular. (laughs) I've had the opposite thing happen to me where I was in college and I could have sworn I was at my, well, I was at my job. Sometimes I start new sentences or new thoughts in the middle of my sentence and then Rachel takes that as being the original sentence. Mm. So I almost said, I could have sworn I was at my job. Mm -hmm. I was at my job, but what I meant was I could have sworn I had copied everything exactly right and like in exactly all the right numbers. Mm -hmm. And then when I brought them back to the person I worked for, I had copied everything completely (laughs) all wrong. And I feel like that's the opposite of a miracle. That's really unlike you, Jackie. (laughs) I just feel like I was so confused. Like, it's a minor story, but you ever have a moment where, like, you know you did something right, and then there's incontrovertible proof that you didn't, and you're just like, what <laughs> happened? Wow. Did the Lord curse me? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe it was somebody else's miracle. Oh, yeah. Be like, please let Jackie do all of this wrong. Do unto Jackie as you have done unto Job, oh. which we haven't covered yet on the podcast, but we need to. <laughs> That's going to be fun. Um, Hold on. I'm looking up canonization. Oh, my gosh. What the heck? This is Fire the Canon. We've never talked about canonizing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Who's going to talk about it? Turning someone into a canon? That's what she means. Oh, yeah. No, I was right. So in the Catholic Church, you have to perform one miracle, and then you're declared blessed. No, sorry. (laughs) Hashtag blessed or? First is the worst. Second (laughs) is the blessed. And then the second you get blessed, and then you can become canonized and become a full saint. Okay. Beatified, blessed, sanctified. Canonized. Oh, come on. And then uh, you have to do three miracles? You have to verify those three miracles, miracles? Two. 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 Wait, Two I thought, well, what's the third? For the first is beatified. Second is blessed. 
And then after you've done those two things and met the other requirements, the final step is being canonized. <laughs> what are the other requirements? Step one, wait five years or don't. What? The process to make someone a saint cannot normally start until at least five years after their death. Oh, man. Jackie, why don't you and I make a little mini, <laughs> like a Patreon bonus episode about this? It sounds a little involved. <laughs> Let's do an episode about it. Yeah, it is a little involved. <laughs> At first, I thought that was going to say, wait five years. It's highly unlikely that someone will be a saint when they're less than five years old. <laughs> <laughs> or like, wait five years and see if you still care. You probably won't. You'll probably get over it. <laughs> saint Bede, uh, he had to wait over a thousand years before he was declared a saint. So He waited a thousand years? He waited a thousand years. <laughs> what do you mean he... Of course he did. It said he died in 17, or sorry, he died in 735, but he had to wait 1,164 years before he was formally declared a saint. Wow, and they've been discussing it for that whole time? <laughs> yeah, maybe they were just like, we haven't verified this miracle. His second miracle is just God giving him eight more flashcards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, technically it's a miracle, but it's not that good. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe his miracle had something to do with, like, waiting until the year 1800 or something. Hmm. Or he had a weird miracle <laughs> It was related to the 1800s. Like he predicted a new style of music or something. Like he invented the phonograph. <laughs> For the love of God, invent the waltz. Like he was just <laughs> doing this weird little one, two, three dance all over the place. And he's like, God told me about this. What, what's that line like? You don't get it, but your kids are going to love it. <laughs> yeah. And there's going to be some people named the Austrians and they're going to be all about this shit. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll figure out the waltzes and all that stuff later. Mm -hmm. What we're here today to do is to talk about the most coked up so far of Charles Dickens' Christmas oh stories, specifically the latter half. He may have been a one-hit wonder in terms of Christmas stories. <laughs> he had a lot of other hits in terms of not Christmas stories. I know. Um, but the last episode we left you, everybody that we had introduced just all got together for lunch, and they're supposed to be celebrating lunch the day before the wedding of May Fielding to Tackleton, who's the Gruffin really mean Tackleton. older toy maker. And we know there's this guy, Caleb, and his blind daughter, Bertha. And I have to tell you, I was getting real sick of Charles Dickens being like, oh, tears <laughs> fell down her blind face or like she blindly groped forward or whatever. She looked up at her blind eyes. Blind Bertha. He was laying it on so thick. Like, literally, he called her, like, Blind Bertha with capital Bs multiple times. Whoa. He also, a lot of the time, just said, you know, oh, so-and-so-and-so said the blind girl. Yeah. Yes. It's like, shut up, Charles. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Maybe people in, you know, his audience and his time would, would have forget. had a hard time remembering <laughs> she was blind if he didn't say it like every other sentence. What else were they using their brain for? It's like, Blind Bertha groped around the room and tried to find things with her hearing and it's like but why why would she do oh because she's blind. Oh, oh right the blind girl yeah okay i sure wish these doll's eyes could be my daughter's eyes that don't work why <laughs> yeah oh, i bet she really regretted the fact that her name started with a b because then you get the alliteration uh yeah yeah it's possible Well, what if her name had started with a different letter and then she would have had a different disability yeah or maybe she actually felt like it was a good thing because then she always had an easy one every time there's an icebreaker where you have to say like a word that describes you and then your name both starting with the same <laughs> name. my name is bertha and i am blind like that <laughs> yeah. wow uh, i mean it's no more offensive than anything dickens said in the story <laughs> that's a good standard to go by <laughs> yeah <laughs> He set the standard pretty high with Tiny Tim. You oh, know? my gosh. Mm -hmm. I, here's the thing. I actually, I liked Tiny Tim more than Bertha because, like, she basically acts the same as Tiny Tim, even though I'm pretty sure she's an adult woman. But, like, constantly being like, oh, God bless us, I'm everyone. so blind. And if only I could see. But <laughs> I, I rain blessings down upon thy sweet head with my, Damn. because you are so kind to a blind girl such as myself. And it's like she's always kneeling she at cries people's a lot. feet. and. It's like, yeah. she really does not act like an adult, but I'm pretty sure she is. Like, I think she's the same age as the other two adult women. Well, she is, but she's having a very emotional time. I'm not blaming her. I'm blaming Charles Dickens. Yeah. Well, I was going to 
say, I mean, she cries all the time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like maybe she could have not been blind if she just, like, was. (laughs) Your eyes are always filled with tears. Yeah, she's (laughs) always, like, raining down tears. And, like, I'm trying to picture. I know, like, her tears fell like rain is, like, a very stereotype. Down her blind face. Yeah, down her blind face from her blind eyes onto her blind little hands. No, her (laughs) unseeing eyes. Like, Charles, please. Yes. But I know that's kind of a cliched phrase, but I had to stop and think about it because I was like, what would it literally be like to cry so much that your tears are like rain? Like, that would be so much crying. There's a lot of types of rain, but yeah, she was crying a lot. (laughs) (laughs) She Like, if I look out the window and I say it's raining, you better believe there's a few drops a second hitting the ground. Whoa. Mm. Jackie's got high standards. Um, The other thing I didn't like about poor blind Bertha was that I think multiple times she was like falling at the feet of other characters and being like, oh, thank you so much for spending time with me, blah, blah, blah. And the other characters never were like, girl, we're friends. Like, don't kneel and clutch the hem of my garments. We're just friends. Like, I I, like I, (laughs) you know, we're we're cool. She was going through a hard time. This was specifically a hard time. I know. But instead of being like, we're friends, I care about you, don't worry about it they just let her be like oh ho, ho, thank you so much for deigning to spend time with me hmm. well they gotta let her mop up her blind tears with something oh it was <laughs> terrible but okay sorry back to the cast of characters we have the peary bingles we have the carrier like the male carrier his name's john and his wife is dot and she is much younger than him and the narrator was Love it. seriously creeping on her like on the last page the narrator's like let me get one last look at dot because she has got a figure i like whoa really on the last page and he talks about her little feet a lot he's like <laughs> all over dot Gosh. it is creepy and then um they have a baby <laughs> and they have a, a nanny named tilly Slowboy who's always just slinging the baby's head against everything <laughs> and uh, i think that's about it basically <laughs> That's all we need to know for now. Yep. You could take that a little further. Like the narrator then turns to Dickens and thanks him for making her. You know? <laughs> <laughs> or like Bertha kneels at the feet of the narrator and, and everybody's like, I don't, I didn't notice this person was here. Why are you paying attention to him? Yeah. <laughs> like he's just the guy in the background with the all black outfit, kind of like moving set pieces. <laughs> oh, I forgot one character. The really old man who John picked up in his mail cart. Yeah, mysterious old man who he's just kind of taken around with him. It's not Jesus. It's not Santa Claus. <laughs> it's? Uh-huh. I, I haven't read this story. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. Okay. Yeah, I thought you were going to make a guess. Satan. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not it's the Satan. cricket himself. Yeah, I was kind of wondering if the narrator would be the cricket, but at one point the narrator's like, I'm a man. So I thought, oh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a man with my little bendy legs and my top hat, yeah. and I'm about yay high. He's like, I'm a man, and I've got a type of woman I like, and it is Dot. She's looking plumptious, that kind of thing. Ooh. Ooh, plumptious. I like that word. Well, that's what I call Cassie a lot. So let's... Uh, you want to you wanna talk about the plot, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> Here's all that happens, really, is they're sitting at lunch, and May and Dot get on to this topic where they're like, I can't believe you're about to get married tomorrow, May. Like, And to someone like— To such an old, old man. <laughs> yeah, to Tackleton. And Dot's like, if I would have told you when we were in school that you were going to marry Mr. Tackleton, you would have slapped me. Ooh. Yeah, but both of them are like— I think May is like, yeah, ha, 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 yeah, John, you— or Dot says, John, you add 20 years to my age. And then she's like, and Tackleton's going to add 40 years to yours, May. And they're like, remember all those young guys we used to like? Yeah, they were so young. And and we used to have so much fun with them. (laughs) And we always thought we were going to marry them. And then I think it's Tackleton who says, well, where are all those young men now? And Doc goes, oh, well, some of them are dead. Oh, yeah, some are dead. (laughs) We forgot some of them. Yeah, a lot of them are dead. Uh, I don't know. But hey, we're glad that we have you. And so that's the lunch. And then um, that's pretty much it. And then, right? It's so awkward. But then May's mother says something else really weird. She's like, oh, you know, our family used to be genteel, but we've fallen so far because of our troubles with the indigo trade. She just brings that up a bunch. She's like, it's great that you're marrying Tackleton now because he has a lot of money. But how? Because he always scares off his customers and he makes bad toys. (laughs) So far, this could be a murder mystery, though, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> well, and the scary part with the dolls in the beginning, spoiler alert, never comes back. But oh, Well, they get mentioned, but yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Also, what May's mother says is the most happy marriages tend to be those <laughs> that have the least, like, silly love in them and are, like, the most um, practical. So this is going to be a really great marriage. Hmm. I screenshotted that because it was so silly. <laughs> Like to say in front of the groom. She says, tomorrow being the wedding day of her daughter is the day she's lived for. And when it's over, she would desire nothing better than to be packed up and disposed of for burial. Mm -hmm. Then it just says that this was, nobody could think of anything to say. Yeah. And it got really weird. And, <laughs> and then everyone left. <laughs> it's, it's odd. Everybody realizes it's awkward. Yeah. It's not just we're seeing it as awkward from this century. No, and Tackleton gets mad, but John is like a good-natured like ha ha ha, like a small laugh about how old he is, I guess. But okay, so they're little picnics. Every time they have the picnics, John stops for like half an hour and then goes off and continues his deliveries and then comes back in time for tea and like picks up dot and then they continue on if you invite these people over to your house for lunch i hope you're ready for like the whole they're day they're staying for to, dinner to yeah. be doing this yeah they're staying there and leaving and coming back like it's a whole affair and popping in and out all day long when he's about to leave they mention like dot seems really really nervous and like her hands are shaking and she can't even pack his pipe the way that she used to and the narrator's like, oh, John was like, ha, 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 that's fine. What a great guy. And I'm like, he's not that great of a guy <laughs> for saying that. Remember in the last episode when Dot got really freaked out for no reason and was like laughing and crying a whole bunch and we never figured out why? Did we figure out why now? We still don't know yet, oh. but this is related. We still don't know. But yeah, now she's having another little weird yeah. thing and he's like, OK, whatever. Yeah. Now, this is when Bertha comes up and is like, I have to talk to May. Bring May to me right now. So her dad, Caleb, goes and gets May. She's hysterical. She, like, freaks out. Now, this is what I'm saying. She's having a particularly hard time. So she's like, May, you love him, right? And she's like, uh... No. Yeah, I guess I'll be... <laughs> she's like, you're going to take good care of him, right? She's like, yeah, I'm going to take good care of him. And she's like, look, I understand that I'm blind. You can never have love. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, I understand that. So I thought it was kind of cool how she said, like, I've, I've never felt it. Like, I feel just the same as you guys. Like, I really wish I could have... Like, had, you know, love and gotten married. So she says, look at me, May. Look at me. Can you see the truth on my face? And May is like, yeah. Sure. Totally. <laughs> and then <laughs> Bertha tells her basically that I'm in love with Tackleton because of all the great things that my dad has told me about him. I want to bless you because you're going to be the wife of this man that I love that I am i can't love because I'm blind. He's so, gr he's a wonderful, great man. Right. Mm. Um, I, I don't know if I would go so far as to say that it's supposed to be a romantic love, but she definitely thinks he's amazing. She idolizes him for sure. Hmm. She says, yeah, the knowledge that you are to be his wife has wrung my heart almost to breaking. And then she falls to her, the floor, and is She's crying. like, you're the best one I could imagine. You can make this great man happy and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's weird. But so she's like hysterical, and then Dot has to step in and kind of clear things out a little bit. Mm. And her dad is like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. I've been lying to her her whole life to try to make her happy. And this guy's a huge piece of shit. And now she thinks that she loves him. She thinks he's awesome and, and hot. And he's actually hideous. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. Mean. What a conundrum. <laughs> so, okay. So then John comes back and he's like hanging out with everybody and Dot is still acting weird and the uh, the old man is there. He comes with John and Bertha's like, oh, whose footsteps are those? And they're like, it's this old man. He's this old guy. We don't know him. And she's like, oh, darn. Okay. So John and the old man come in and some stuff happens and finally Tackleton's like, John, I really need to show you something. And he like takes him to this wing of the house and he's like, do you dare to look in the window? <laughs> yeah. Or like, why wouldn't I look in the window? And Tackleton is like, well, now be careful that you don't murder anybody after what I'm about to show you because you might come to violence. And John's like, okay. And he takes a look. Yeah, let me, let me take a beat. <laughs> oh my gosh. And sure enough, he does kind of want to murder when he sees what's going on. It's his wife helping the old man who's actually a young man put his white wig back on his head. Oh. Yeah, so now he's, like, clearly a young man who's been disguised this whole time. As an old man. And they're, like, laughing and smiling, and she's, like, hugging him a little bit, and she puts his wig back on, and they're, like, giggling like they have a funny little secret. And John is like, oh, my God. 
Yeah. Tackleton is like, she's obviously been having an affair with this guy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, if you help a guy put his old wig back on, you are getting it. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing. Like, I would have understood more if it was like if he looked in and it was the man without his old man wig on and they were like embracing. Mm. But it's no, it's just like he looks in and he sees the worst thing he could imagine. His little wife putting a wig on another man. They're both fully clothed. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some in intimacy there <laughs> i mean sure but but like it could have been a lot worse like if i saw that i wouldn't assume that the people engaged in that act are having an affair yeah well <laughs> different times i mean what do you think though knowing like your wife knows this is a young man but you don't well yeah it's but a little... maybe she like he doesn't know when she found out he doesn't know anything else really like all he knows is oh. he just knows now that she knows it, it's just odd wow that he would immediately be like, wow, Tackleton's right. Affair is happening. Must murder. Yeah. On the ride back, he's like, I'm going to walk with the horse. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, what do you mean? It's cold. And he's like, I'm going to walk. I'm walking. <laughs> with the horse. Because <laughs> they're in a carriage? Uh-huh. The package carriage. Got so it. she comes She comes back and he's thinking to himself, like, is she going to be able to, like, seriously look at all of us and, like, look us in our face? Yeah. And look at us without, like, <laughs> blushing. Yes, she is. My God, what a monster. <laughs> she is so brazen. She's so I cannot cold. believe that she's able to say goodnight to our nanny as though she's not having an affair. <laughs> she goes to sit at her little stool where she always sits. And apparently he had such a horrible expression on his face that she immediately like bursts into tears and runs to their room and cries literally all night long. And the nanny also cries all night long. Because her mistress is crying. Yeah. Whoa. So then this is where things get really, really, really wild. So Okay, this is when John loses me, I have to say. This is when John loses it. John loses his whole <laughs> yeah. damn mind right now because he's sitting there. His wife has just started crying and run away. And this is, remember the epigraph or the subtitle of the story, A Fairy Tale of Home? Well, here comes some fucking fairies, because I thought that was going to be, like, cute. Fairy tale. What a wonderful story. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little nice fairy tale. Maybe there's going to be, like, the cricket does something. So he's thinking, the stranger is here. For some reason, even after seeing this, he takes the stranger back with them and puts him to, you know, to bed in their guest. Yeah, he doesn't put him to bed. Room. He just, like, gives him the room. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to go kill that guy. So he goes and gets a gun off the wall and is about to go break down the door and shoot this guy to death. He yells, like, here comes the killing. He, like, he yells something weird, <laughs> right? Like, I don't remember exactly what it is, but it's not, I'm going to kill you. It's like, it's kill him in his bed. Kill him. He yells out loud, kill him in his bed. <laughs> and he has his gun. But also, like, we have seen that he has been thinking about murder like for hours and he's even like how am I gonna do it and then he's like that's right a gun and he even thinks I'm sure like I know my gun is loaded and then he like goes to the door to murder this guy and he also thinks like I wish my wife and baby were both dead rather than me finding out that she's cheating on me wow yeah he says I would have rather seen her laying dead on the ground with our with little our baby, baby also rather dead. than seeing her put a wig on another man a wig man. on a man wow a wig on a man <laughs> at least he knows that about himself at least he's honest with himself yeah yeah I know it too. <laughs> well, this is a little bit like White Lotus. Like, I haven't seen White Lotus, but I know there's at least one episode, and I don't think this spoils anything, but if you are really scared of White Lotus spoilers, don't <laughs> listen to this. You haven't seen it. I don't know how you could spoil it. <laughs> I mean, I've seen this one episode, but it's like the girl finds a condom wrapper or something in her hotel room, and instead of just saying something to the boyfriend and asking, like, why is this here? Are you cheating on me? She just doesn't say anything for, like, days. And he's like, why are you being weird? And she's like, I'm not. And he's like, yeah, you are. What's going on? And she's like, nothing. And then she just, like, proceeds to not act normal or, like, trust him or say anything for days. And I'm like, just ask him what the, why? What? Just communicate. <laughs> this whole story could have been fixed with just communicating. Yeah. Hey, why were you putting that wig on? Why is this guy pretending to be young and now we're pretending he's old again and now we're back home and now he's still pretending to be old and I know he's not and you know he's not. That's weird. Yeah, right? but instead he wants to murder. So he's at the door about to murder and then all of a sudden the cricket starts chirping. Aww. The cricket chirps and it. the narrator's like, the sound of the cricket 
was the only thing that could have possibly prevented him from murder in that moment. Like, nobody else on Earth's voice could have stopped him, only the chirp of the cricket. (laughs) So the cricket now starts talking, like, in Dot's voice, or, like, the fairy comes out, and it's repeating all the same things that Dot said earlier when she's like, I love the cricket because it makes the house sound happy, and we've had such a happy home. And then... He's talking back to the fairies, and he's like, yeah, it was really happy until now. I loved her. No, John, it's still happy. Yeah, I did love her. And they're like, no, you do. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, so fairies come out of every damn thing in the house. (laughs) There's like a— From the hearthstone, from the chimney, from— to the window, yeah. to the wall. All these fairies come out and groan. Nice, Jackie. Oh, chip, chirp, chirp, motherfucker. <laughs> leave it in, leave it in. That's pretty good. The floors, the walls, the cradle, the ceiling, the stairs, it's the fairies cart, all covered, over the all place. the household implements, yeah. Fairies came trooping forth, and then they all, like, took him. It's unhinged. Everyone in this story is unhinged. It's really unhinged. <laughs> they show him his wife, like, coming back and, like, doing all these little things around the house. And they're like, is this the woman who would cheat on you? And he's like, yep, that's her, all right. (laughs) And then they show him her doing even more great things. And they're like, no way. Look at all these things she did at this other time. There's no way she would cheat on you. And then they take, they have her come, they have like the vision of her coming in like even younger with like a bunch of other pretty girls. And then, like, all these guys come in and try to dance with them. And she's like, no, go away. I want to be with my husband. Wow. And they're like, see how that happened? And he's like, wow, she said no to everybody else, but she said yes to me. Then, but his conclusion is, like, she did cheat on me, but it was my fault. And it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I love her. And so the kindest thing that I can do is to let her go because I was selfish enough to think that me, this old man, and he does say that he loved her because he saw her as a child in her parents' house growing up. Yeah. So he was an adult the whole damn time that she's been alive. I mean, okay, okay. Listen, let's, let's, let's hope that it was a case of child labor. Like, maybe he started the job as a 10-year-old. <laughs> I pray for the miracle of child for, labor. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he definitely, like, it's creepier than it needs to be. Yeah, so he's like, it was my fault for, like, thinking that she could, like, give up all of her friends and her youth and all this chance that she had to be with a young, hot guy and be with me. So I'm going to bring her back to her parents. I'm not going to murder this guy or her or her baby. I'm just going to let her go. And um, maybe one day— And I'll just die soon, and I hope— she knows I loved her the whole time. <laughs> Especially when I was about to kill her. <laughs> no, no, he was going to kill the, the guy he thought she was cheating on him with. Oh, he wasn't also going to kill her? No, he wasn't going to kill her. He was going to kill the old man. He would just rather see her die than He would have cheat. rather looked in the window and seen her dead body holding their dead baby than see her putting a wig on another man. Okay. But he wouldn't want to make them dead. He sits all night like this, like without sleeping, many, many hours. And eventually the sun comes up and he's like, well, gotta go to Tackleton's wedding. <laughs> so he, <gets> <laughs> oh, he sees Tackleton yeah. coming to his house and he's got this horse with like flowers on its head and stuff. And Tackleton's like, hey, are you doing okay? I know you saw something really rough last night. I know I told you your wife was cheating on you, but, you know, buck up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and John's like, oh, could you come and talk with me for a minute? You're not getting married just yet, right? And he's like, no, no, I've got plenty of time. Okay, cool. So he comes in, and he's like, yeah, this is what happened. Like, Tackleton's like, and you're going to divorce her, right? You're going to kill her. You're going to, like, be mad at her. And he's like, no, shut up, Tackleton. This is all I'm going to do. I'm going to give her back to her parents. It's like, look at me. (laughs) Listen, remember what I'm saying, and don't forget she didn't do anything wrong. It was all my fault. So don't talk about it. Yeah. That's what he says to Tackleton. Yeah. He's like, it was my fault. Uh, you know, don't worry about it. <laughs> she's awesome. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> she deserves to be with someone younger. I'm going to bring her back to her parents. Why is he telling Tackleton all this? Because, of course, it sets up for Dot to have awoken and been standing there the whole time without him knowing. So she hears all of it. And instead of saying, no, I'm not cheating on you with that guy. She cries. She cries and says, just wait. Oh, no. Tilly, (laughs) will you take the baby to see his father sometimes once I get kicked out of here? Yeah. Why doesn't she deny it? (laughs) She also says, like, 
don't send me back yet. Just wait a little, like wait a couple hours. And he's like, fine, I would do a lot more than that for you, baby doll. So sure, even though it's making me miserable. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, she's like, look, just wait a little bit and then see if you still want me to go live with my parents. And Tilly is losing her mind. Yeah, It says that she talks to the baby um, and she makes everything plural. So all she ever really says is, it sounds like Gollum language, right? Like, (laughs) it's very creepy. He's always like, oh, is it going to make all the baby dead? Oh, (laughs) oh, if you please don't. It's enough to dead and bury the baby. So it is if you please. (laughs) That's not what Gollum sounds like. (laughs) You know, that classic Gollum voice. Oh, it's enough to make the baby dead. (laughs) You know, Gollum was played by Mario. Chris Pratt Gollum. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Theo, the other funny thing is that when they're at the the house of the blind girl and the poor toy maker, they say something like, oh, everyone was sitting around the table eating dinner and they put Tilly slow boy with the baby sitting in a chair all by herself because otherwise she would have like smacked the baby's head against things. I think we said that in the last episode, but it remains funny this time. I know, but he keeps bringing it up. They're like, yeah, they put her in a chair in the middle of the room away from everything. (laughs) And also she spilled every type of food all over the baby's head. Like that time I sweetened the baby. What? <laughs> She's just very clumsy with this baby. Like, why did they hire her? This is not the work for her. Yeah, so she's taking, like, the the desperate, like, sad things that um, Bertha is saying, and she's turning them into baby talk. And she says, Did the knowledge that it was to be its wife's then wring its hearts almost to breaking? And did its fathers deceive it from its cradles but to break its hearts at last? And then Dot is like, uh, give me that baby. <laughs> yeah, that's enough. <laughs> okay, so oh my gosh, so what <laughs> this is just so weird. At this point, Caleb, the toy maker, and Bertha show up. And Bertha's like, everyone was saying you were cheating on John or like you did something really bad, but I know you didn't, right? And Caleb is like, she would never. <laughs> and Bertha's like, yay, I knew it. Then she, okay, Dot says to Bertha, oh, do you hear a horse carriage? I know you have great ears. Which she should honestly, like, what if there was a spinoff and she was kind of like the daredevil of their village? That would be great. So she's like, I know you have great hearing. And she's like, yeah, I do hear a carriage. And Dot's like, why did you ask who that other, the other footsteps belonged to last night? And don't you hear some footsteps now? And then someone opens the door and it's the old man. (laughs) Wait, what? Why does she ask those two questions? Well, there's something else that happens in the meantime. Caleb and Bertha show up and... And Caleb is like, hey, great opportunity. Now that we're here alone and no one but Dot is here, I have to tell you something. (laughs) So instead of just like having this private conversation at their house, he waits till he gets to their house. And he's like, okay, no one's around. Hey, Bertha, I have to tell you something. I've been lying to you a whole lot. And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, I was trying to make you happy. So I told you like our house was really nice. In fact, it's probably not going to even stand up throughout the winter. Yeah. And I don't have a really nice coat. I'm wearing a sack. Sackcloth. Sackcloth. <laughs> Mr. Tackleton, he's actually really ugly and mean. And he's not nice at all. And he's very cruel to both of us. And she's like, what <laughs> the hell? First, you made me fall in love with this guy and that I broke my heart over it. And now you're telling me that that guy doesn't even exist and it's even worse. Whoa. Then she like turns to Dot and she's like, but she's still good. Right. Like you didn't tell me lies about Dot. And he's like, well, I would have if my lies could have made her any better. But luckily, she's really good. So you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, she's awesome. Oh, nice. So now Bertha has learned that she's been putting this guy up on a pedestal and he's actually awful. She asks Bertha, like, describe my dad. And Bertha's like, he's a poor old man and he's really sad right now or whatever. And then Bertha somehow immediately is like, oh, my gosh, actually, I like my dad even better. Like, thanks for doing all that, dad. But now I can love you as you truly are. Like, I like you even better now that I know you don't have a wonderful coat and that we're poor. (laughs) Yeah, things were really hard for you and you still tried to make me happy. So that's even cooler. Yeah. So now there are footsteps outside and she's Mm -hmm. like, quick, who is this? Who is this? And Dot goes, is it over? And this old man comes out and takes his hat off and now he's the young man again. It's weird because Dot covers Caleb's eyes. Then the old, you know, quote unquote, old man comes in and takes his disguise off. Then she uncovers Caleb's eyes and she's like, 
who do you think that is? And he's like, I maybe it would be my dead son from South America. If only my son hadn't died. <laughs> <laughs> That's who it is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. It's his dead son from Golden South America or whatever he called it. Okay, this has given me a a new idea for Christmas. Next year, I'm going to tell my parents (laughs) I'm not coming home. Then they're going to be like, what is this new bush in our yard? And it's like, it's not a bush. (laughs) It's theory. Good, because I almost murdered it last night. (laughs) Theo died in South America this year, but we just got to keep keeping on. (laughs) My dad's like, I thought your mom was having an affair with this bush. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so he freaks out and John is like, wait a second. And then he takes the young man whose name is Edward by the shoulders and he's like shaking him and he's like, what the fuck? That was you the whole time? (laughs) But then Edward is, he's like, why did you do this? And Edward says like, I used to be in love with this woman when I was younger, but we couldn't get married. And John's like, oh, great. (laughs) Oh, great. It's Dot. And then he's like, and she loved me too. And John's like, yeah, I fucking bet she did. He's like, okay, enough. (laughs) (laughs) And it turns out it's May, the woman who was supposed to marry Tackleton this very day. Oh, my God. Because he's like, I found out my fiance isn't married yet. I heard she was going to get married and I wanted to see it for myself. But he disguised himself because he wanted to see if she was getting married because she loved him or because she had to and said he found out that it was because she just kind of had to and she doesn't actually love him at all. So then he was like, okay, cool. I'll take off my my disguise now. Wow. So he takes off his disguise. Suddenly May is there. I don't really know how May got there. He wanted to have his disguise on rather than just talking to her. He says because he was like, If I showed up and talked to her, she might feel pressure because of our pre-existing engagement to get with me. Ah, I see. This is some Odysseus shit. So I wanted to watch and see if it looked like she wanted to be with me. And since Dot is friends with her, I asked Dot if she would, like, help me out. And that's why Dot was saying all that weird stuff about, like, remember the young hot guys we used to date? Yeah, and she's like, John, remember yesterday when we were talking about all those young hot guys and I was calling you old and things like that? It was just because I love you so much. You see now, right? And he's like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Caleb at this point says, hurrah, my opinion. What? I don't know. What does that mean? My opinion? Hurrah, my my opinion. I want to hear more from that guy. Oh, by the way, speaking of canonical stuff, I just got a text from my sister, Emily, and she said, what was the movie about the tiny man back in the day? Stuart Little. Lord of the Rings. Cyrano. Oh. (laughs) She's talking about Cyrano de Bergerac. Oh, no. He's not tiny. In the movie, in Cyrano, he is. Oh. The one with Peter Dinklage. Wait, well, back in the day, that just came out this year. <laughs> no, he was back in <laughs> the day in the movie. In the oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Gotcha. So anyway, so they're like, oh, great. You're here. What are you going to do about May? And uh, they get married. No, she walks in the door and he's like, we already got married. Oof. We did it this morning. She got, okay, she got married to... Edward, the old, Edward. formerly okay. old man. Okay. So it. they snuck to the church. You thought it was like, she walks in and she's like, oh shit, I just married Tackleton. Sorry. Yeah. So her wedding to Tackleton was like scheduled for noon or something, but she and Edward slipped in under the wire and got married at like 10 a.m. And now she's just at this wedding that she is not going to go through with. No, now she's at the Peary Bingles house. Oh. Everybody goes there to spread their business. <laughs> and Tackleton shows up at the Peary Bingles house and he's like, oh, May, you're late for the wedding. And then Edward is like, uh, no, she's not. Like, I passed you <laughs> on the road coming here, but you were supposed to be going to the church. Yeah. She already went once. <laughs> Edward says, well, I realize she didn't come to church this morning, but hopefully you'll forgive her because she's already been once today. And then he shows her left hand with the ring on it and he's like, no. Oh. Again. I would have gotten away with the two if it wasn't for you dastardly kids. Yeah. He's like, wait, you're married? And Edward's like, yeah, but forgive her because we were already engaged earlier. And May's like, I did tell Tackleton that I was already engaged to you and that like if somehow you weren't dead, I would marry you instead. So he can't get that mad. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then Tackleton takes off his disguise. And he's an even hotter, <gasps> he's an even hotter. <laughs> uh, no, I was thinking he's May. And then May takes off her disguise, and she's Tackleton, and she, and Tackleton is married Edward. 
<laughs> that would be pretty good too. Wouldn't that be diabolical? It would be diabolical. And then the baby takes off his disguise, and then he's really old. <laughs> he's <the> cricket. <laughs> yeah. And he flies away and leaves his little baby outfit. <laughs> oh my god, so scary. Okay, so Tackleton takes it well. Yeah, he's like. All right, bye. And then he leaves. Well, okay, wait. I said he takes it well, but he rips off all the flowers from the horse and crumples them up and throws them. And also he kicks the horse in the ribs. Oh. And then he leaves. In the ribs? Yeah, it says he kicks the horse in the ribs. And I was like, Charles, come on. Yeah, but like John almost killed a man just for like looking at his wife the other night. And Tackleton, like his fiance, just, yeah, just let a whole ass marriage happen. And he's just like. Uh, Kick a horse. Why didn't the fairies stop the horse from getting kicked? They only care about humans. I don't think it's a big plot point. Why didn't we hear any chirping there and (laughs) change these ways? (laughs) Yeah, no chirping. Let me tell you something, though, about from my time riding horses. First of all, don't kick any animals in anger. But, like, when I was riding horses, they would always be like, just kick them on the side because they like it doesn't hurt them they're like kick them harder so they like to tell them to go faster and stuff so i'm just hoping that maybe tackleton kicked the horse in a place where it like wouldn't hurt the horse okay it's just to tell him we gotta go (laughs) but like if you kick (laughs) a horse on its butt or something it's probably gonna be fine Mm. but don't kick animals just for fun anyone who's listening Hmm. wow this was supposed to be a lighthearted christmas story and now we're getting lectured on kicking horses there's a proper time to kick a horse (laughs) and it's not after your fiance marries another man so anyway all that really happens after this is that there's lots of feasting and partying and everybody's happy and everybody's so thrilled and they're having like a big meal and it's really cool and then mr tackleton sends the wedding cake they were supposed to have for their wedding and he says well i don't have any use for this anymore so you guys have it and they're like is it poisoned ha 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 and then they eat it and it's fine and then um he sends something else and they're like oh cool that was nice of him some baby toys yeah some baby toys that aren't scary which is pretty cool because usually he only makes scary baby toys and then he comes and he's like hey guys i don't have anybody to hang out with because i scared everybody away with my meanness he also says i don't even have a cricket because i always squish them (laughs) so can i hang out oh my he says that (laughs) yeah Yeah. oh my gosh (laughs) and oh also they're able to get may's mom to come down first she's like just put me in my freaking grave already and they're like you're not dead yet ha 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 and then finally they (laughs) convince her to be happy about the wedding and she's also at the party so every character we've met i think is at the party bertha starts playing a lively tune on the harp and edward and may start dancing and everybody else is like oh i'm too old to dance but then once they start dancing then dot and john start dancing caleb and tilly slow boy yeah and then uh mrs fielding is dancing with tackleton and i'm thinking like well who's bertha gonna dance with maybe bertha and tackleton are gonna get together because he's not marrying her and he's had a change of heart (sighs) But no, um, he dances with the mom and she just plays the harp and is still alone. Like the end of the story is like she still doesn't get to have love. Oh, also we meet Dot's parents and they're both like short and plump. And the narrator calls them Mrs. Dot and Old Dot. He (laughs) says like, oh, she looks just like her daughter. (laughs) And I'm thinking, okay, I'm sure you said that in a creepy way, man. Okay, the last paragraph is this. But what is this? Even as I listen to them blithely and turn towards Dot for one last glimpse of a little figure very pleasant to me, she and the rest have vanished into air and I am left alone. A cricket sings upon the hearth, a broken child's toy lies upon the ground, and nothing else remains. Creepy ending. The also, end. we did we did forget one thing, which is that there's this long, drawn-out scene where John, after he realizes, like... The reason Dot was being so, you know, dissembling, she's like, don't, don't, he's like, once to give her a hug and she's like, don't do it yet. Listen to all this stuff that I have to say to you, like, sorry about this and I shouldn't have deceived you, but we just know that you're too honest and slow and you would have given it away. And there's all this other stuff. Oh, she yeah. also is like, how could you think I would cheat on you? But then they never go back to that. You'd think that would have been hmm. a bigger thing, but... <laughs> No, but so there's this long reconciliation scene and the narrator says something creepy. He's like, even though Dot is so good looking, the only person you would rather see her hug than yourself was John at this time because it was such a tender moment. But otherwise, like, (laughs) you would want to hug her. creepy yeah i mean i if you're confused by everything that we've said we are too i feel like the same thing happened with the chimes it's like why was this so pop 
popular. <laughs> this was really popular. The first half of it was just like, meet this cute couple. And then the second half is like, murder and affairs and <laughs> magical crickets. Why does this need to be set during Christmas? <laughs> it's not even. It's in January. Yeah, it's, it's a winter tale, but I don't know that it's Christmas. Winter There's tale. so much that's not fixed. Like, you know, at the end of A Christmas Story, like, Tiny Tim lives and Scrooge brings over all this amazing food and they have this wonderful Christmas at the crack at the crackets at the crackets at the crickets <laughs> Bob Cricket but in this it's like Caleb is like our house is so bad it's not going to stand up to the wind another winter that's it Tackleton's not like don't worry guys I'll build you a new house I'm cool now they just go back to their old bad house and Bertha still has Still's alone and she can't find love because she's blind. Mm-hmm. Apparently that was that was like revolutionary for Charles Dickens to be like, blind people wish they could have love even though they can't. Like at the time. Yeah, he really pushed the envelope there. Because there were like eugenics were a huge thing where they're like, if you have any and I'm using you know, I'm using their language, but like if you have any defects, like you can't procreate at all and like it's probably a lot of people thought it was like like a malady of the spirit that was manifesting in your body and blah, blah, blah. But Dickens was like, yeah, I mean, like blind people shouldn't have love, but like they wish they could have it just like you and me. <laughs> They're people, too. They just shouldn't be allowed to be treated like them. Yeah, like be nice to them, but yeah, like they can't have love, but like be nice to them because they're sad about it. Hmm. And that was like, wow, he's like he's so humane. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Well, what I was thinking was, yeah, like maybe previous to this, it was believed that like people with disabilities just didn't want the same things. But he's like, no, they do. And they can't have. Yeah. (laughs) Merry Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, John, you know how I kind of like to find out like the other like interpretation. John maybe did actually murder everyone in the house oh that night. Gosh, and then Jackie. like his little vision of like the fairies. <laughs> maybe he's just like, oh, that's the nice version of what happened. Like that's the inception version. I loved how like Rachel started saying, oh, Jackie. And then Jackie started talking a little faster to get her point out. <laughs> There's another option where he did kill everyone. <laughs> it's just a hallucination. I'm just saying it's a little suspicious that like he went through this very real period of like deep, intense emotion. And then it was like, then the fairies fixed it and everything was fine it's not suspicious in a charles dickens christmas story that's normal (laughs) i'm not being literal i'm not being literal don't worry who is then me i'm looking at it as a literary choice well he certainly made some literary choices in this story i have to say he made some choices is it even worth asking like (laughs) if you had to draft characters from all three of these dickens stories we've done to fight like who would be the best team for a like battle royale kind of thing i feel like it's even worth asking that tilly i want tilly on my team because she throws (laughs) things around the baby people with the baby (laughs) well the baby (laughs) seems indestructible so (laughs) you you probably want the baby on your team it's an unstoppable force and an immovable object (laughs) maybe one of the ghosts or a couple of the ghosts i bet if you just had a team of the ghosts they're kind of unbeatable right oh except the candle one you can put him out (laughs) oh yeah that's pretty easy you're right okay he's useless let's swap the baby in for that ghost (laughs) yeah yeah I don't think anybody from the chimes would want to. I don't want any of them on my ghost team. What about the goblins? What about one of the bells? One of the goblin bells. Are the goblins even like a big deal? You don't have to be a big deal to be a big fighter, to be a good fighter. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, what about the like the really big guy who Scrooge used to work for? He's huge. Oh. He's got bulk what? on his side. What? What big Didn't guy? Didn't Scrooge used to work for a huge jolly man? Alibaba. Dear old honest Alibaba. <laughs> honest Alibaba. The camel. <laughs> Theo, how did you remember that? Alibaba. What if we just like drafted like it was kickball basically? So we had to do one at a time. It would be three teams. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're making a kickball team. That's good. I'm going to pick Ghost of Christmas Yet to Come. <laughs> Why? Because that's the scariest one. Because he can deflate the ball with his scythe. But he doesn't do much. He just points. But he, it's the. It's the implication. <laughs> Let's say your teammates need to communicate to each other in the outfield about like, oh, I'm going to catch it. I'm going to catch it. He doesn't speak. He would point to himself. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought this was a fight, but we were drafting. No, it it's kickball, kickball style. now. It's kickball now. It's okay, kickball then I don't now. pick him and I don't pick okay, the baby. Okay, you, you picked him already. No, dodgeball. Make it dodgeball. That's like a fight and a game. Okay. Dodgeball. I picked dot. You picked dot? Okay, <laughs> I picked the, the, the ghost of Christmas future. 
for dodgeball? Yeah. Yeah. He moves slowly. No, he's really good, though. <laughs> he's really good at dodgeball. <laughs> oh, wait. I think the for dodgeball, I think the ghosts might be a little OP because aren't they, like, insubstantial? Well, I, I, I picked him. <laughs> I got to say, based on the okay. descriptions, I'm I'm not picking Tiny Tim and I'm not picking Bertha. Oh, I don't think Jackie. they'd be good at dodgeball. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're worse than Dickens. <laughs> I get maybe maybe Bertha could like oh, because you know they do the other thing with the disabled people stereotypes where they're like but her hearing is like oh yeah maybe she could human hear so the maybe ball she could like it. hear the ball and yeah she can hear when the ball hits her it's more than I can do because <laughs> she has such outstanding she can hearing. hear the ball and pick up the baby and <laughs> do you think if the narrator was on the same team as Dot that he would be really good at dodgeball because he wanted Ooh. to impress her or would he get distracted by her plump ankles no he'd be terrible <laughs> at dodgeball because he'd be looking at her yeah he might be distracted yeah are plump ankles a good thing because to the narrator I got some are. kind of plump ankles and they're a pain in the ass I gotta say well, really? I don't know. I'll be walking around the grocery store or whatever, and I'm just like, that bitch with her little thin ankles. I bet she has no problem getting her boots on. <laughs> so the pain, it comes from you having a hard time putting boots on and off. I didn't know you put boots on and off. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you do. You're not just usually born with them. He didn't know you do it. He knew other people did. I think I would, maybe I would want Caleb on my team because if Caleb was on the other team, he would just lie all the time and say that things happened that didn't happen. John would shoot the dodgeballs whenever they came towards him. <laughs> well, you know, John can get in rage mode. Kill know? it in his bed. Berserker mode. Yeah, John can get in. John can go berserk, you know? Like, what if Dot helps one of her teammates put their jersey on? Oh, my God. He would be like, I wish oh she was God. dead. Or their lucky dodgeball wig. Oh yeah. gosh, what could be worse? <laughs> and then a fairy comes out of the dodgeball and it comes out of the little basketball hoops and it comes out of everything else in the little gym and it's like, is this the wife who put that man's dodgeball wig on him? Just holding up the game. Time out, time out. The basketball fairy has something to say. <laughs> and the little baby is just flying back and forth. Like people the baby turned into one of the balls. <laughs> what if they played with the baby? <laughs> they probably would. What right? if we called this game Dotball? Dotball. Nice. Dotball. Yeah. Oh, Theo, there's also a third part in the story, like when they're all having a party where the narrator's like, there's not an item in the house that hadn't come in close contact with the baby's head that day. <laughs> okay, let me say this. I enjoyed this story less than A Christmas Carol, much more than The Goblins <laughs> or The Chimes. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a worse I think it's a worse story than A Christmas Carol. It's more interesting than The Chimes. A tale of a goblin tale of Christmas or whatever it's called. Less disappointing for sure than the chimes. I mean, what do you think? I would rank this in the middle of the three. I really, really liked this story when it first started out. Oh. Um, and then it kind of went off the rails. And then I was like, I don't know about any of this now. <laughs> I, I, I think, so you remember how like Dickens always like created his stories or came up with the ideas for them while he's taking these long walks around at night. I just wonder like, what was the difference between the walk that produced the Christmas Carol and the walk that produced the chimes and then the walk that produced, it had to have been two different walks that produced the two halves of the story. You don't, you don't <laughs> do all that on one walk. <laughs> what happened on that second walk? Yeah. Yeah, I think my interest in these stories is entirely based on the supernatural thing. So I'm actually going to have to put the chimes above this. I'm more interested in <laughs> a little bit of goblins than a little bit of fairies. Sorry. Okay. There were, but there were a lot of fairies. <laughs> it was a lot. There were a lot of goblins, just not for a long time. And also, like, why were they? Like, what was goblins about them? <laughs> what was goblins about them? Yeah. What was goblins about they, them? They were, weren't they goblins? <laughs> But, like, what made them goblins? He just really didn't. He should have gotten into the nitty gritty, you know, explained what was so goblin about them. It was just a spooky old church. Yeah. You're going to have to go back to our episode last year and listen to Theo with his deep, <laughs> sultry voice. <laughs> yeah, I was badass in that episode. <laughs> this is your least favorite one. It's my least favorite. I think part of that is that you didn't read this one and you didn't read the chimes. No. No. How could I? How dare I? <laughs> I have to say, I don't know that I'd recommend it. Okay. But I did want to ask Theo if he could give us a little bit of like the male perspective because it seems like Tackleton knew right away. Tackleton knew right away that once John saw this like slight wig placing thing that John was going to want to murder and he was right. Mm. John wanted to murder all <laughs> night long. So is this just a comment? Like, does everybody know this? Like, if you see your girl adjusting a hairpiece on another man, like, do you just feel this primal rage? 
Uh, Don't say no. <laughs> say no if you want. I would have some suspicion about what's going on. <laughs> but would you, you wouldn't go get the gun murder. without asking any questions? <laughs> well, I don't want to murder usually. But neither did John Peerybingle. We don't know. We don't know what he did normally. <laughs> we might have been catching okay. him on a good day up until this point. Yeah, we really only have this one night to go off of, and it happened to be the night he wanted to murder a lot. So it's not really looking good for all the other nights. <laughs> what if his yeah. mail carrier job is just cover for him being a serial killer all up and down the English countryside? Oh, my gosh. Jackie, now we're talking. I still maintain that the weirdest part of this whole story is that he saw this happen and knew that that man was a fraud and still brought him back and let him sleep in the house. And let him ride in the carriage while he walked. <laughs> God, it's the British. They're, they're too polite. No, nah, that's passive aggressive. That's like the great Gatsby. It's like, you know what? She's so into me that you can go with her and I'm going to ride with this other girl and I'm going to walk with the horse. Yeah. I'm so sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I would not read the chimes again unless you paid me, like, a decent amount of money. I would maybe read this again, but I don't want to. But if somebody was like, ha, 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 let's do a funny read-along, I would do it. Mm -hmm. Love to read Christmas Carol again. And also, like, but I would not, and if, you know, I would read Christmas Carol to my kids at Christmas time or something. I have no interest in either of these stories being a part of the lives of my children. <laughs> Fire it. <laughs> so far, this seems like a situation where it would actually just be better to stick to a template for how to write it. You know I mean? <laughs> just get a different guy. <laughs> Not Scrooge, D but some other different bad guy. Different guy, yeah. Have, have the same three ghosts. But different Marley. A uh, different Marley. Yeah, because yeah. it's almost like he, he saw what he did the first time and then he was like, ooh, the chime sucked. I got to I gotta kind of go back to the Christmas story thing. So he's like, okay, well, I got to put in a disabled person. All right, got that. Uh, second part of the template. The poor thing worked in all the stories. Yeah. <laughs> the poor thing. It's got a little supernatural in there. Nobody cares what kind, just something supernatural. Theo cares. Let's put some spooky-ass <laughs> toys. <laughs> yeah. The creep factor was missing. Some murder was missing. Yeah, now we're now we're talking. Yeah. Anyway, I'm I say fire it, fire this. Of course, we already fired the chimes. What do you think? Oh yeah, this is this is gone. Fired. Fired. Wow. Wow. We get a finally a, what an a easy cannon agreement. Fire sound. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Well, that was that. Like good choice, Theo. Yeah, good choice. <laughs> Theo picked Ugh, this one. It, it just happened to also be the third one, but no. Theo, you want to do the fourth one next year? Yeah. Yeah. Either that okay. or the fifth one. He'll decide later. Yeah. <laughs> Now's the time to tell you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and it's about to be 2023. New year, new thee, new pod, and the pod. Theo, this is his last episode as a regular contributor, correct? Mm -hmm. Well, no one knows the future, but we know the near future at least. And Theo, he's not a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> he's a part of it, just not uh, the way that it usually is. So I'm a part of the future in general. <laughs> we'll see. We're going to murder him right after this recording is done. <laughs> I might go peery bingo on your ass. <laughs> Little fairies will come out of my microphone <laughs> and my laptop. <laughs> But so Theo, he will be popping up occasionally yeah, no. to be in some fun little episodes. So if you are like, no, Theo, count me out. Stop thinking that because he'll be back sometimes and we won't tell you ahead of time which one it is so that you can't skip all the ones he's not on yeah you have to, you have to give it a try give it a try and see if you like it with just us okay yeah so give us a shot yeah you might like it more honestly we have plans to have some fun guests we're gonna i think we're gonna like change things up a little bit in terms of the format you know what's extra kind of funny about this do you remember how like oh i don't know almost two years ago a year and a half ago we had a. Uh, Jacob on and he threatened to take Theo's place. <laughs> he I, he kind of is. Yeah. Place. Oh, really? <laughs> he's going to be our new editor, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have him back on, but he's not going to be in the recordings. Just He's not going to be on the episode. The British, yeah. the time zone thing would be a nightmare to figure out. <laughs> and he wouldn't be able to replace Theo because Theo's his own special thing. <laughs> so We're a trio forever and ever, but you know this particular project will sometimes involve a trio and sometimes involve a, a duo a duo and jackie and i because it's just two of us we're going to go to an every other week release schedule with 
you know, Patreon bonus episodes thrown in as well because it's just, it is too much for two people to handle on our own. But if you want us to release more frequently, talk to your friends, go to patreon.com slash fire the cannon, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Maybe someday we'll have enough money that we can afford to pay editors to do more than two episodes a month. <laughs> and we're paying in British pounds sterling now too. So, ooh. Ooh, yes. Okay. <laughs> what a deal. <laughs> Sorry, Jacob. <laughs> no, I don't think that's a deal. Uh, yeah, worse, the conversion right? rate is awesome. That's pretty good now. For us, it's bad for them. Really? The, oh, cool. It's gotten worse. The pound is really weak. So that's that's what's going to happen in the new year. And um, we will keep you guys updated. You know, I'm sure things will continue to fluctuate, but we still have some fun stuff. And if you've liked our Goosebumps episodes, that's like the only thing Theo's interested in doing for now. So he'll be coming back for them. <laughs> I mean, that's like 98% of my own interest. I just do all this other shit in the meantime to get me closer to another Goosebumps. I told you we could make it a Goosebumps pod like six months ago. We might have to. I also toyed with the idea of saying like, should we just make it like a biography pod? Because that would honestly be really fun. Like just biography. He's a famous no, I don't think it should just so be fun. biography famous. <laughs> the chances are too high of us making a mistake if that's all we do and getting in trouble. <laughs> we would be the first podcast ever to make a mistake, so I don't know if I want to risk that. We'd like to hear your feedback, though, so, you know, I hope that you'll stay with us as we figure out how the podcast is going to look going forward, but it's basically mostly going to be the same. Like, Jackie and I are the ones who do most of the talking anyway, so don't worry. That will continue. <laughs> Theo, can we keep some of your laughs and, like, just put them in every once in a while? Sprinkle like the little it. ghost of Theo <laughs> Yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> can you give us a good one? Give us a good sample. <laughs> Classic okay. Theo laugh. Wait, you, you got to get me going. Whoa, really? <laughs> Honestly, yeah, we have a lot yeah. of samples of that. If wow. we didn't tell people you were leaving, I bet we <laughs> could hide it for a little while. <laughs> well, we're making fun of Theo because when when we told people that Theo was going to be like taking a big step down from being in the recordings, virtually everyone was like, "That He's guy was favorite. our favorite," and me and Rachel were a little <laughs> salty about it. <laughs> so yeah, bye. Bye now. Um, Let's say bye now gonna... as all three of us. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. One, two, three. Bye, bye now. now. Bye now. Bye now.